Welcome to the Washington Weekly, a ministry of Washington Baptist Church. This podcast is devoted to getting you into God's Word and equipping you to serve. I'm your host, Trent Henson, Associate Pastor. In today's episode, we'll talk about a book of the Bible that parallels the Sermon on the Mount. And I'll also interview another member at Washington so you can meet some more of our people and learn more about our ministries. This Sunday, our pastor, Dr. Drew Hines, concluded his series of sermons on the Sermon on the Mount. He preached on Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 to 29. Drew expounded on the three abilities seen in this passage. First, the availability of the truth of God. Verse 24, Jesus said, Whoever hears these words of mine. God's word is accessible today, and we can hear it. And we must make sure that everyone hears the Word of God so these whoevers can come to faith. Second, Drew mentioned the capability of the believer. Verse 24 continues as Jesus said, Whoever hears these words of mine and does them. We can do what God says. The Holy Spirit changes our nature, and He empowers us to live in a way that honors God. Lastly, Drew spoke of the reliability of a firm foundation. The only rock-solid foundation that can help you stand amidst the storms of this life is Jesus Christ. As verses 24 and 25 say, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. Drew summarized the message by saying the wise man is the one who hears God's word and then puts it into practice. They listen and they apply it. Now that made me think about the book of James, especially that verse, James 1.22, which says, But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving ourselves. So the book of James really parallels the Sermon on the Mount. It echoes many of the teachings found in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. The book of James is written to Christians scattered throughout the area, and it really covers the basics of the Christian life. James is trying to show them what a Christian looks like and how they live in a non-Christian world. Well, that's what the Sermon on the Mount does. As remember, the Sermon on the Mount just gives you the foundations, the guidelines of life in God's kingdom. And so, when James is trying to teach them how to be a Christian in this world, he uses the Sermon on the Mount. As both the Sermon on the Mount and the book of James include verses about being joyful in the midst of trials, being perfect and complete, lessons on prayer, being blessed as being merciful or peacemakers, stressing righteousness, recognizing people by their fruit, not being able to serve two masters, being slow to judge others, warnings about taking oaths. The both mention prophets of the Old Testament as good examples, and God as the giver of good gifts, and more. See, if you go through the book of James, you will see all these topics that we've discussed in the Sermon on the Mount. And as you look at these topics, you really do see that it's based upon works, that these are all actions that you do as a Christian. But remember, we're not saved by our works. We are saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ.
But what the Sermon on the Mount describes is what Christians do. You are not a Christian because you do these things, but you do these things because you are a Christian. It's the overflow of faith in Christ. That's what James is saying in chapter 2 of James, where he said, faith without works is dead. See, your works, your actions, are the evidence of your saving faith in Christ. So if you really want to know what it looks like to live the Christian life in today's world, read the book of James. Read the Sermon on the Mount. In fact, when I was teaching at the Greer Christian Learning Center, a student would often come up and ask me, Trent, what book of the Bible should I read first? And I would say, well, if you're a new Christian, I would often recommend the book of James because that's practical Christianity, what it means to live for Christ each and every day. Read the book of James read the Sermon on the Mount. I hope this helps you in your walk with Christ. My guest today is Doug Nolan. So Doug, I'm glad you're able to join us today. Yeah, glad I could be here. Well, thank you for doing it. Um, I want to know a little bit more about you and what you do here at Washington. So tell us something about you or your family. Yeah, I was born at an early age. Um, I, was, uh, I grew up in Pensacola. Florida. My dad was a dentist in the Navy and they settled down there and uh, grew up in a Christian family. I'm the oldest of four kids. And we, uh, anyway, age 11, got my attention. I grew up in the church, got my attention about, uh, about my salvation at age 11. And uh, I just, uh, the pastor said, you can go to church all your life and go straight to hell. And, uh, of course, I asked my mom and, mom and dad about that. And mm-hmm. They shared with me how to become a Christian. Okay. And uh, anyway, I grew up around the church and in the church. And uh, um, went to college, uh, became sales rep for a little bit, and got called into full-time Christian ministry. And went to seminary, graduated, met my wife there, but didn't know it. Okay. Later yes. on in Southern Bass Convention in Atlanta, we met. She was among uh, eight other women, and I thought this would be a pretty good place to hang out. Yeah. And anyway, we got we got to know each other real well there, and uh, very quickly we were were married, wow. and uh, it was worth the wait. Okay. Picked the All right, right one. Chose wisely. That's yeah. Good. Since then, I've, I've been involved in a lot of different churches in uh, youth education, um, music. So. Yes. All right. Well, that's an interesting story. I did not know that. So you found a wife at the Southern Baptist Convention. Yes. Yeah. So that's, that's a great place among, to find one, like you say. Among uh, 35,000 people. That's it. Well, <laughs> easily to, easy to pick out the one once you spot her, isn't it? Oh, man. God's there. I don't, I don't have to worry much about anything else. That's it. Well, tell me, what led you to Washington Baptist Church? Well, uh, we were looking for a church because I've been part-time at Roper Mountain Baptist Church and, uh, and decided the way God called me in, he called me out of it, and I felt like um, uh, it's time to, to move on. And anyway, we uh, went to the dentist, and my wife got word of Washington through um, a dental assistant. Really? And uh, so... We went the first Sunday we came here. We were um, 
um, there was Youth Sunday, okay. and a youth preached. And uh, I love the way this church allows youth and others to just take leadership. They're not afraid of that. A lot of churches would never do that. Mm-hmm. And uh, the way, acknowledging the Holy Spirit within people and allowing them to use your gifts is huge. And I see that in this church. And also, our granddaughter wouldn't go to nursery workers in the former church where we were mm-hmm. and um, clung to Patsy. Yes. That's and, it. Yes. Um, and I know how important uh, preschool ministry is, lays foundations. and, and mm-hmm. uh, But there was something about Patsy that, that she just warmed up to immediately and went straight to and said, hmm, that's pretty that's, neat. That's it, yeah. <laughs> so it was a fit for the whole family then. But I saw, I saw God just working through the church, and I said, this is the place I need to be. Well, that's awesome. So it's kind of word of mouth, and then once you got here, kind of what was happening. And that's awesome. It was Youth Sunday, uh, because that is something that I enjoy, uh, is getting to see our youth sing in the choir that day and uh, actual preach. And that's what we do, is if someone's willing to actually share God's Word that day, and lead music, uh, the take-up offering. It really is awesome to see the young people involved like that. We used to do that around New Year's Day, first Sunday of the year, when we try to do Youth Sunday. So that is awesome. And then I'll say my daughter, Kareth, um, who is eight right now, eight years old, but when she came, you know, we came here, she's very shy, and she kind of had the same experience. She really took to the nursery workers and, and preschool area kind of the same way. So that's a lot of our story, too. Uh, kids have a way of reading us mm-hmm. that is un, uh, not even typical of adults a lot of mm-hmm. times. That's right. And uh, they sense when you care about them. And I think that speaks well in preschool ministry here. It does. As well as uh, other areas. That's it. Well, thank you for sharing that. Well, how are you involved here now at Washington? Well, I've been involved in teaching Sunday school. I've been involved in um, leading Grief Share. Um, been involved in personnel committee, been involved in the evangelism training, who's your one. Mm-hmm. Um, the, um, I guess grief share has been a primary area and also, of course, the choir, music. Yes. And uh, just playing piano That's right. and uh, things like that. Uh, I play the piano for the youth choir. Mm-hmm. and uh, enjoy that a lot just plug it in there the yes. uh, grief share we got we got worked 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 in there because of our loss of our son in 2015 he was autistic he was in a special home for for autistic children and at 23 year old 23 years old he died of pneumonia mm-hmm. and it was quite a shock we had no idea that that was uh, it just happened very quickly and I know the way emotions sabotage us in grief. I know a lot of the things that go on in grief, personally, mm-hmm. where you can't really study them and know them, but you know them from experience. See that, you're right. And um, so God put us in those positions, I think, to be able to help others. That's it. You use that as part of your testimony and, and to... 
to help others along the way. So um, what, what really happens in Grief Share? If you can give us just a quick run through of kind of how it does help and how the, the group is set up. Yeah, first of all, it acknowledges that, uh, that we're all going through the same thing mm-hmm. and that what we're going through is not weird. It is very typical and it's very normal and it's okay. And to acknowledge the, the why of the death and trying to figure that out and maybe not even know the answer ever, but to know that that's a normal question. Mm-hmm. To be able to support each other. Yeah. God made us dependent on Him and He made us dependent on each other. And yeah. in the, being dependent on Him, of course, we get strength that we can't get anywhere. And nobody can do anything to replace that. To be dependent on each other, meaning that we're devoted to each other to the point where we're supporting each other. We know uh, not every grief is the same. Some grief, some grief is different. Um, it's kind of, a, kind of strange how God developed me in this area of grief and be, becoming a hospital chaplain and working with, mm-hmm. with all that goes into the training of that and also just with, uh, even in, back in college, taking a course on death and dying. But uh, not any one person is the same exactly. And there's different levels of grief. I think one of the hardest levels of grief um, is to lose your child. Right. That just is upside down. Mm-hmm. And uh, that area is especially kind of a shocker Right. Along with like suicide and things like that too. Mm-hmm. But uh, there's nothing like being a parent and losing a child. It should have been other way around. That's right. Uh, That's right. Um, and I just appreciate you using, like I say, your experiences as a testimony and to build each other up. Because I, um, I know a, quite a few that I know have gone through that course there together and have found a peace through that. And hope and just hearing other stories and having those connections and someone who is going through something similar that you're going through. That's really the point of the group. And I think each time we've offered it, it's kind of like the numbers have gone up. And it's a good um, evangelistic tool, I think, for our church. And that a, a lot of people who have taken the course aren't even members at Washington. Exactly. Is that right? Exactly. I think so. it's, a, and that's been encouraging as well. Mm-hmm. Um, when people go through grief, they acknowledge a need that maybe they don't acknowledge normally. Mm-hmm. They acknowledge a need for God. Somebody come alongside and help them. That's right. And they're reaching out for something and they can't figure out maybe what, who it is or what. And uh, the church has something special to offer through tying them to God and tying them to other people that genuinely care. That's and it. that's what we're all about. That's it. Well, I want to thank you for your service in that area and all these others, too, that you've mentioned with Sunday school and evangelism and music, because I know you filled in quite a bit here recently uh, with a a change in our music leadership, uh, filling in, directing the choir and the congregation. And uh, it's kind of like you're one of these people that wherever there's a need, you can plug in. Well, I hope that's the case. But God leads, and sometimes... Sometimes God puts us in areas where we need to be. 
plugs us right in. Sometimes we go into areas we shouldn't be in. That's, that's true. But, but God, true. God's leadership is real important in all this. And, and you know, that that's one of the neat things about uh, Washington is the fact that the freedom is there mm-hmm. to plug in where you feel like your gifts are. That's right. And you're not restricted. There's no legalism stuff going on. That's right. It's very, very open Mm -hmm. to where we trust the Holy Spirit to lead each person. That's right. Yeah, they're they're not controlling over anything. It's if if God has sent you here, he has a purpose in that. And if you feel led to do something, that may be why you're here. (laughs) I know that's been uh, Drew's philosophy and Joe. um, And I'm going right along with that. Let the people serve. That's what the church is, is the people. By the way, one of the things that drew us, of course, is the biblical preaching, the expository preaching. That's right, amen. And that is very, very uh, important, I think. And also the fact that you're person-centered, you're ministry-centered, you're person-centered. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some churches I've been in, even my home church, where um, they don't want to pray, pray for people by name because they might miss somebody. That's right, yes. Of all things. And you, yeah. And uh, to take the risk of being of personalizing it, and maybe you do sometimes miss somebody. Yeah, yeah sure, it, but you might. but yeah, so but so what? You're very much person centered, and you're not afraid of that. And I think it's important to have that personal personal touch, and uh, that's that's crucial to what we're all about as a church. That's right, people. Amen. And I always ask, and you may have already answered this by the way we're sharing here, but I, I do always like to, to hear from you, what do you think is the best thing about Washington Baptist Church? Now, you may have already shared that. but I, I, think, I think the person-centered, the Holy Spirit-led church, the, um, the way that it's not afraid to reach out through ministries, through just spoken word, through putting on... Um, programs for evangelism that are out there and just uh, I've seen so many so many churches that that say that they're following God that aren't involved in the call of what we're all about and, uh, we need to be involved in reaching other people for Christ I've been in churches uh, just to share just very briefly mm-hmm. uh, where God has chosen to move where um an example, um, a wife was very, very much committed and in a Sunday school class and very much committed in the church. And the more she got committed in the church, the further she got away from her husband because her husband and her were so different. Mm-hmm. Her husband was determined not to follow God at all. Mm-hmm. And one morning, I found out later, one morning, uh, Sunday morning, she uh, told her Sunday school class that um, he, he gave an ultimatum to her if she went to, church, went to Sunday school that he would not be there when she came back. Wow. He would pack up everything in his pickup truck and just take off. And uh, so anyway, she asked him to pray about that and at the altar on um, that Sunday morning in, in worship service, she was down praying with her friends. And... Um, and lo and behold, here he walks in. It's about 20 minutes down the highway. He said he broke all kinds of speed limit limits, mm-hmm. but he made it there. Um, the Lord talked to him as he was packing up, about ready to leave, and said, it's now or never. 
the Lord has a way of working our lives that are pretty much independent of us except that we're obedient. Mm -hmm. sure. And that um, he just chose that time where he said, you need, uh, it's now. Right. He answered the Lord, it's now. And so he went right straight on in. The ushers tried to stop him and said, what are you doing? He said, i got to go forward. Yeah. He went forward. So the Lord's moving. Don't ever take that for granted. Mm -hmm. That's right. Be involved, plug in, be obedient, be open to what God says to do. And that's the best thing you can do. That's it. Well, I know you've done that here. I can say that from, I think you and your wife both uh, jumped in and used your gifts and talents. And we're fortunate to have you here. We know that you're a blessing to this church. So I appreciate your time today and getting to know you. So thank you for joining us. Thank you. Doug mentioned he leads the Grief Share ministry at Washington. Grief Share is a biblically-based support group ready to help you so you don't have to go through the grieving process alone. It is a 13-week course consisting of three main elements, informative videos given by Christian counselors, a personal workbook to help you apply the information, and a time of group discussion. Grief Share meets from 6.30 to 8 o'clock each Wednesday evening in the Chapel of the Food Pantry. If you'd like more information, please call the church office or contact Doug Nolan. I hope you enjoyed this edition of the Washington Weekly. Washington Baptist Church is located at 3500 North Highway 14 in Greer, South Carolina. Check us out online at WashingtonBaptist.org. Be sure to like, share, and follow this podcast as you get into God's Word and prepare to serve.